Wait, what? Where are we? What's happening? Oh, hey, hey, viewing party listeners. You made it to this podcast. You found us online. Hope you use the hashtag mini pod squad. Wesley and Katie and some cats. Watching movies, eating snacks. We're not sponsored by anybody. We don't even have a Patreon. We're just having fun. Welcome to viewing party. What's the test? Viewing party. Chanting all over your tatum. Viewing party. Wesley. Yes. How about you and I just get married? Like, it's legal, and I feel like our best prospect is going to be each other, especially after last year's discussion discussion about how we basically complete each other. (laughs) Will you be my Tyler Durden? That's the creepiest question. As I, like, paw at your hands here, at your marriage hand. (laughs) I feel like maybe our best bet. I was just thinking about how there's this girl that I'm like, how how old is this girl? Oh, so much younger than me. Oh, you're happily married. That's I'm really happy for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. You know what, though? Did Peggy ever get married? No, but she fell in love. I don't know. With the bearded did. guy. Yeah. With the one from the... the bearded guy. Oh, from the art department. Sometimes I just like to rewatch that scene when they're on the phone <laughs> talking to the each phone. other. So oh! Cute. Joan got married and that was unhappy. Yeah. That reminds me. God, we are Peggy and Joan. We're <laughs> Peggy and Joan, Wesley. <laughs> I found our next. What if that's just couples costume? Well, yeah, I was like, just for Halloween, we'll just, just go as Peggy and Joan dress and carry around a box with like a random giant painting under. I'm my just arm. gonna like grow a whole foot <laughs> and get like a, a cute little butt chin and cheek implant. And be like, I'm Joan. <laughs> I'm like old Greg. <laughs> that's not quite the same at all. That's not even close. Oh my god. Oh, I should probably turn my phone notifications. Down, 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 yeah, down, down. Everybody silent. All right, everybody go on silent. This is the Viewing Party Podcast. I am your host, Katie, and that's your host. Wesley. And this is a Viewing Party Viewing Podcast. Party. <laughs> I'm just skipping right over it. You just went so fast. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm raring to go. Rude <laughs> tootin'. Hey, everybody, this is Viewing, Viewing Party. Party. This is not going well. <laughs> it's going the way that it was always going to go. That is true. So, um. That is very true. So what month is it? It's my birthday month. It's your birthday month! Yay. It's best month Did of the year! You know, Katie. No. November is Manatee Awareness Month. What? As if you weren't aware. Wait, what? Wait, I, mean, I wasn't aware that it was Awareness Month. I just like, reached a whole new level of awareness. Guys, my I was born. <gasps> we get to be made aware of manatees. Oh. And there's an entire holiday that's just about eating things. Oh my gosh. It's it, like the best month. It's the best month of the year. <laughs> Eat jokes of 2017. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say it like that. I don't know what I meant to say it like, but that probably wasn't the way that I wanted it to to go. I gotta look this up for the Manatee Awareness the Month. The zoo tweeted about it because manatee. they were talking about the new manatees that they have. I know they have the new babies. They're so cute. So our zoo is one of the few zoos, like places outside of Florida, 
that does manatee rehabilitation. And they have this really sweet, like, mama manatee who can't be released into the wild, and she, like, mothers baby manatees that need recouped before they can go back to Florida. It's really wonderful. Aww. Okay, uh, here, I looked up, uh, I looked up how to celebrate Manatee Awareness Month. Yes. Manatee Awareness Day... No, month. We're going to talk about the month. Is best spent showing your love and appreciation of the gentle sea cow, the manatee. Mm. If you live in a place where manatee inhabitat, in, <laughs> inhabit the local waters, then go out and help educate people on how to interact with them, a.k.a. be a manatee Nazi. No. No. <laughs> be a Nazi for truth. <laughs> How about you be a manatee advocate? <laughs> yes. That is so much better than being a Nazi. Don't. <laughs> Every day of the year. No. <laughs> I really hope that goes on the Instagram with a cute little quote. <laughs> be a manatee Nazi. How about I'm just being, a, being a manatee advocate is better than being a Nazi every day of the year. <laughs> uh, few people truly wish to bring them harm, those jerks. But these large and friendly creatures often attract the well-meaning, the well-meaning. This These sentences are... Funny. <laughs> uh, help them know how to truly support the manatees, those buttholes. Not the manatees, the people who want to do harm. Butt butts. You know, they're probably also psychopaths and they're ready to kill someone anyways. I feel like wanting to do harm to a manatee should be one of the indicators I mean, that you're a serial killer. It's pretty... <laughs> pretty ridiculous to be like, look at this innocent, cute animal. That it's literally <laughs> has no like it doesn't have any predators and doesn't prey yeah. on anything. Yeah. What are the what are the indicators of like uh there's like three or four indicators of like disturbed people that would point out that you're like not okay in the head and that yeah. you're probably gonna like do bad stuff to people. One of them is bringing harm to animals. Mm-hmm. Specifically manatees. Specifically. The other one is head injuries. (laughs) Is it really? Yeah. No, yeah, it is our expert here. Just let us know. A head injury can also, like a young head injury. Um, Another indicator. Let's just talk about this real quick while we're talking about manatees. (laughs) One of the other indicators is like pyromania, I believe. Um, And then there's another one that I never remember. I'm getting motions. What is it? Oh, parent shaming. Like oh. like really tumultuous relationships yeah. with parents. Yeah. Um, that can also cause uh, the wants to make people dead. <laughs> Sorry. How was it that you said it? Like I think that's what it was. Like ago? it wanted to make it, was, it wanted to make me dead. <laughs> They tried um, to make you yeah. dead. I don't remember it, but it was wonderful. Uh, yeah. How else you can celebrate? Celebrate. <laughs> Man, I'm doing a really good job talking about manatees. <laughs> people are going to now listen to this and be like, people who are manatee advocates are weird and can't talk. <laughs> and they're also illiterate. If you live far from these gentle beauties, then you can learn on gentle the internet. Beauty. I love that. <laughs> study in your local library or even work to collect money to donate to those organizations that protect work to protect them. Hey, everybody, if you wanted to donate to a cause this month, you can go donate to SaveTheManatees.com. Yeah. You can buy a calendar. You can have a manatee calendar Ooh. with manatee models. 
Why you can do I have, have this? If you you can be like a Save the Manatee member for like a like a subscription, and then you get like a sometimes you get like a free manatee plushie Yay. as you're like, thanks so much for being a member of Save the Manatees. Aww. Here's a plushie. Yeah, one year for my birthday, I asked for money for a tattoo, or that people donate to Save the Manatees <laughs> <laughs> instead of gifts. So I didn't realize how much my nephew liked the manatees. So I was home over the weekend and I was talking to my sister about how I might go see the manatees for my birthday again this year. Like I did last year. And I was like, and I just said, if you want to go see manatees with me, if you're off work that day, let me know. And he's like, (gasps) he got like super excited. Oh no. And thought that meant we were going to the zoo right now. And was then really sad. staying at the Mexican restaurant and not immediately leaving and going like, to the zoo to see manatees. We're not going to drive a whole hour to go to the manatees right now. <laughs> I'm so happy that he loves manatees I as know, much as we do. But he was like, he is, he's like, here's the word manatee and just immediately like is like, we're going to the zoo to see them, right? Like, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. My friend uh, Bob recently went to the Columbus Zoo for the first time. He just yeah. moved to Columbus in the last year. He, uh, he didn't know that we had a cool zoo. He thought we had some, like, podunk yeah. town zoo. There's some lame zoos. We have an awesome zoo. Yeah, he didn't know the that Columbus we have, like, zoo is amazing. the number two zoo in the country. Yeah. <laughs> Screw you, San Diego. <laughs> We're coming for you with our manatees. Um, and so apparently he was, like, really, he goffed at the price, and then he met polar bears and was yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is worth it it's then. amazing. This is worth 30 bucks to yeah. go, like, watch polar bears swim. I guess they were really active that day, according yeah. to Instagram. Nice. Uh, yeah, so it's Save the Manatees Month. Yeah. Or Manatee Awareness Month. Being aware of Saving the Manatees Month. I'm just happy that it's the same as my birthday. <laughs> it just made me very happy. I don't know what... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that August... we have a laugh track. I love it. (laughs) I don't know if August is a cool month for anything. We can Google it. Yeah. What is is August? Is it Google? August Awareness Month and see what happens. August Awareness Month. Ooh. Spelled that whole thing wrong. There we go. Um. Ooh. Okay. Anything good? Uh, no. <laughs> this article starts off, have you ever heard of Breast Cancer Awareness Month? <laughs> really? No, I haven't. January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August. Children's Eye Health and Safety Month. National okay. Breastfeeding Month. That's what I can get behind. Okay. National Immunization Month. Vaccinate okay. your kids. Psoriasis Awareness Month. Interesting. World Breastfeeding Week is the first week of August. Okay. Is that a day that we breastfeed every child or that every child has an opportunity to (laughs) breastfeed? National Health Center Week. Gastro... These sound all like health Paris Contact Lens Health Week is the week of after my birthday. Um, okay, so National Breastfeeding Month is the uh, most interesting one of those. Yay! Yay! You know what? Bad thing. Manatees breastfeed. Yes. That's something that our birth months have in common. (laughs) Manatees. I love it. It's from the manatees breastfeed. Well, now I know. Let's see what Wikipedia tells us on that. (laughs) 
sales enablement? What does that even mean? What? There's a National Taco Day that I missed because I was poor. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. Well, now we know. Yeah. Well, now we know something new about birthday months. Yeah. Save the manatees, Yay. everybody. Savethemanatees.com. We are not sponsored no. by Savethemanatees.com. We but we sponsor Save the we Manatees. We might. Well, I feel like with when we're paying for the zoo or buying anything from the yes. gift shop, we're sponsoring Save the Manatees. Yes. The last time I went, I got one of those pressed pennies. <gasps> yeah, me with too. With manatees on it, because I love both of those things. Yes. <laughs> because why not? But pressed pennies are like one of the best things from like whenever we were kids yes. and went to like cool places on vacation. It was great. I have a whole box of them somewhere. Oh, that's really cute, of, like, Wesley. Different like SeaWorld and like... I don't even know, like oh, Disney and different places. Just lots of endangered species yeah. <laughs> on pennies. Just random places. Random places. Oh, the dodo bird. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the bees. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, endangered species. There is like an endangered species awareness something. Uh-huh. Maybe that's a... I feel like this is actually something I'm making up because I heard it on Comedy Bang Bang's podcast where they were talking. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no. Okay, so this guy's, like, long-lost stepdad came on the show. Oh, no. Scott Ackerman's, like, stepdad of, like, four months one time. Okay. Came on the show. Five months? Six months. Six months. And I like that we have a fact checker. Yeah, we have a fact checker in the room with us. And this is our producer, Anna. And he was talking he, he was talking about how he um it was a character, of course, but he was talking about how he is on a uh, endangered species only diet. Oh no. <laughs> I was like listing but it's a very funny episode. Of which you should listen, where he's just like, it's like, well, I brought a list of, like, dumb stuff. It's like, oh, I suffer from these ailments. I brought a list. He, like, reads off, like, a list of nonsense. He's like, I'm on these medications. Uh, I brought a list. (laughs) He's just, like, listing, like, I'm on an endangered species only diet. I brought a list. (laughs) Just, like, lists. Nonsense. It's really great. It's super good. Good. Uh, It doesn't sound funny when I say it, but it's funny. Most things don't when you... Yeah. Yeah. You want parking wreck? Yeah. Let's parking wreck. (laughs) Honk honk. Oh, we parked. I didn't didn't have to honk at anybody. I'm sorry. (laughs) This is the parking wreck part of the podcast. It's part of the podcast where we park the podcast. We recommend (laughs) stuff Stuff. to watch. (laughs) Wesley, what have you been watching? It's your birthday month. Um, I haven't really. Go, Wesley. It's your birthday. You haven't watched Stranger Things or anything? No, I'm waiting for daylight to watch Stranger Things. Oh. Every time I have free time, it's like 9 p.m. And I'm like, I can't start this now because it'll be 1 in the morning and I won't want to stop. Yeah. And it'll be scary and I can't do that. Uh, Hannah said it's not scary, but that she recommends it. That's what I, I got like, from I'm her nods. I'm super excited to watch it, but I'm just going to wait for like a day. So I've discovered that I'm a minority in that... <laughs> In one way. Which is? I am not excited for Stranger Things, and I haven't been. Like, I watched the first season and was like, wow, that was really good. I really liked that. They did a nice job. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't really 
give a crap if I never see the next season. Oh, like I just like don't I'm care. So excited. Like I'm not. I don't. I don't feel a way yeah. about it. I'm just like yeah. Yep. I'm gonna watch that. I'm gonna watch that at some point. I just like I'm, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was just so long ago that like. I like I'm more excited for Westworld and I'm more excited for the new Star Wars and I'm more excited yeah, for I mean, definitely Star Wars. I'm more excited for the movie My Friend Dahmer. <laughs> that does not surprise me. Have you seen trailers for this? No. Oh. Well, I think I might have, but I so one of the book podcasts that I listen to, the one with the guy from Boy Meets World on it, actually. <laughs> Um, it's called Literary Disco. Yeah. And it's, like, these three friends from college that were all in, like, the same, like, writing program in grad school or something. But yeah. one of them is Writer Strong from Boy Meets World. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. But they, um, they reviewed the book My Friend Dahmer, which is actually a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I've heard all about it, but I, and I've seen, like, stills and stuff from the movie, but I yeah. haven't really... Diving into the trailer. Uh, it looks pretty good. It looks like a good one. We're pretty excited yeah. about it. Um, I haven't been watching a lot of TV. I really, uh, I was ready to jump back into House of Cards and then Kevin Spacey yeah. got in the news in a way that I was like, well, okay. I had this discussion. Do you want to have this discussion? Sure. We can have this discussion if yeah. you want. The discussion essentially was, um... I immediately looked at it from a at the incident being reported as like yes, I'm glad it's being reported. Mm-hmm. And I stand fully behind that. I don't care about statute of limitations for like acknowledging something happened to you especially if the kid was like 14 or 15 mm-hmm. and at the age where like how how could you say something? Right. Like he was in his first actual job. Yeah. <laughs> like how like no. Yeah. <laughs> How could you say something about it um, from experience? Like, no. It, it, from experience in an even lower pressure situation, like, how, like, you, it's you have, complicated you have, yeah, you have yeah. no support with which to, like, say anything. Right. And for anything to be done about it. Right. Um, so I'm all for that being brought up. And at the same time, I have a couple of, friends or people in my life who have had to register as sex offenders for something that they did 15, 20 years ago yeah. or, you know, as, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, or as little as five years ago or something. And they get to continue to register until that right. is done. And like what, knowing that fact, it also doesn't deter me currently from like respecting them and looking up to them and like, you know, like for me wanting them to have a successful career Mm -hmm. because they are not currently committing these acts anymore. That is not like they changed and like had a complete 180 in their lives and whatever the circumstances were no longer their circumstances. Mm -hmm. And they're not like actively pedophiles, even if they may or may not have committed. I don't know all the details about what happened. I believe there was, I believe both of them had some incident of some underage occurrence of some kind. And it was so long ago and their lives look so different now that I'm like, man, that super sucks. And like, they're open about what happened Mm -hmm. and 
like they're like yep super ashamed of it and like this is something that I get to do like this is a consequence of it right it's not like they ever expected to get off scot-free and they're like boy I wish no one was to oh I wish people would quit talking about it they're like no man I made a choice and that's a consequence of the choice and like so be it if this is like so be it (laughs) like that's that's it that's the end of the story so it brought up a really tricky thing of like is Kevin Spacey actively committing these sort of acts? We don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the guy. We don't hang out. Like, is he or is he not? And, um, and all of that. And so all of that's in one section of the conversation. And another portion of the conversation then also looks like, please don't use this as your moment to come out because that really sets like statement was very, it really sets gay rights like advocacy way back. Cause it's like, Oh cool. Now you've accidentally made us all look like pedophiles again. And that's the exact stereotype everyone's been trying to get away from because it simply isn't true. Right. (laughs) Like it's not an accurate, it's not an accurate stereotype by any means. Um, and I was like, oh, great. Good job, everybody. Like, yeah. good job, Kevin. Like, that was not your moment to try and flip the conversation around. Right. Into some other basically his conversation. was like, well, I don't remember doing that. And if I did, I'm sorry. And oh, by the way, this should explain why I did if I did it. Right. And when I was like, not no. the way you handle that no. at all. I, I, maybe I'm also in the minority in that I read his statement and aside from the last bit about being like, by the way, I'm gay, which I was like, you could have totally omitted that and like, like that could have just happened in a totally different space and right. in a totally different way. But I didn't read the first part. I felt like, I don't know, maybe this is just me. I don't know what it is. Being, you know, that thing that we do and we're like, well, it's not as bad as that guy. So I guess right. it's okay. Like yeah. maybe it's me doing that with him and saying, um, like, of all of the apologies I've seen, his was one of the better ones in that he was like, I do not remember this. If it happened, I'm sorry, is yeah. how I read it. And I was surprised that everybody else read it as like, as him shrugging it off. And yeah. I was like, I didn't feel I mean, shruggy that he was like, I, I have would... no memory. If it happened, I'm so sorry. Like, that's how I read it. Maybe I'm giving him the benefit of the May- doubt. I don't, I don't know. know what the I'm way doing. I interpreted it was like, well, I, well, I don't remember doing it, so you know, right. you know, it was almost. It sounded more like a cover up than a yeah. genuine. Like it could he could have said, "I am so sorry. I don't remember that, but I believe you." Yes, or something to that effect. But right? Instead, yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead, it was one of those like. Mm-hmm. apologies that are not apologies it's like i'm sorry i offended you yeah not i'm sorry for what i said like, to hurt you i'm sorry not, it, i'm sorry not, you feel that I'm way i'm sorry you feel hurt <laughs> as opposed to i'm sorry that i hurt you right i'm you know yeah it, it and being responsible for kind it. of like i'm not gonna like accept yeah. that i was at fault right i guess i saw it as slightly more fault accepting or responsibility accepting than most public apologies of this sorts of things because I read up about this stuff all the time where people are like, eh, I don't remember that. Or she said this. Or yeah. like it can be any number of things yeah. where they're like, I don't know, where they like, I don't think that he attempted to like shirk it off on anybody. It was like, I straight up have no idea. Yeah. And like that also, it didn't do it. Whatever he said, it wasn't, it could have been like, 
way different, way better, and a whole lot more, yeah. res- like, just just personally responsible on his end. Yeah. And at the same time, I was like, this, and it makes me sad that, really the point is that it makes me sad, but I was like, boy, that actually feels like one of the better apologies I've seen about this in a long time publicly. Yeah. Because I can't think of another one where I'm like, whoa, they handled that the way that you, that, like, right. a victim would want it to be handled. Right. Because <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but there's no other, there's no, like, shining beacon that I can point to and be like, yeah, absolutely, like, this is how this should be handled. Like, this would be the gold standard of, like, oh, shoot, I totally screwed up in the past. Yeah. So that, so Kevin, so yeah, so that, so so House of Cards is going to be canceled. And no one's really, like. Well, what I heard last was that they're going to do the next season rewritten without him. Oh, I thought that they were like So they had talked about like finishing they had it. talked about just being on hiatus. Then they uh-huh. mentioned that they were going to fire him and then they officially said now we're also going to rewrite season 6 to the next one. Yeah. I don't know. I don't watch oh. it without his character. I thought I don't know how they're going to do that. Because I haven't finished season five, so I don't know. I have no idea. I definitely, last I knew, they were looking at, like, finishing the season and then being done. Yeah. There was an interesting article that I can find and send to you so you can actually link to it um, about how a fictional president is being held to higher standards than our actual president. I did hear that, too, and I thought that was really And I was like, oh, Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> this yeah. is true. Yeah. Where we're up in arms about, oh my God, Kevin Spacey did this thing 15 years ago and we have actual audio recording of yeah. quite recently our own president admitting to uh, such crimes Yeah. Uh, with multiple victims and there's, was like, and then nothing was done about it. Yeah. People got angry and that was it. Yeah. I mean, all that being said, I was pretty happy to hear that Netflix was like, yeah, we're not yeah. dealing with this. Like, yeah. this is not acceptable to us. Yes. Uh, that was great to see. In light of the whole Harvey Weinstein thing as yeah. well. Uh, I think John Oliver also put, I think John Oliver puts a lot of things very well. Yeah. But I think he covered that section really well and was like, congratulations, Hollywood. You found the one creep and said no more. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, baby steps. Like, okay. Baby steps, but right. to acknowledge that. Like, oh, poop. Yeah. This is an issue. But yeah, like, bravo, Netflix. Um, I think he was. John Oliver also did mention that, like, Casey Affleck will be presenting, like, Best Supporting <laughs> Actress or something this next Oscars. And it's like, okay, so how about that stop? Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, how? Ugh. The, and the whole thing seems so harrowing for, like, the victims as well who have, like, I can't imagine being, uh, you know, certain, like, women in the world, certain women, and having to, like, watch Casey Affleck, like, win an award. Yeah. Or, like, to have been uh, married to Johnny Depp and watch him win awards knowing, like, what was going on behind yeah. the scenes for him and to, like watch Kevin Spacey's career like skyrocket the way that it has mm-hmm. for decades. Yeah. That's also the crazy thing is like just decades of this. Yeah. Of watching this man get like more and more famous and like mm-hmm. never being able to speak to this person ever again. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like, that to me is, like, horrifying. Like, the people that have, you know, harmed me in the past. Like, I don't, I'm not seeing them rise to any, like, fame yet. (laughs) There's a part of me that's like, what if one of them does? Like, then what? Because I've been very vocal about, like, what relationships have looked like in the past. And most people know in no uncertain terms, like, who people were and what exactly occurred in that, in those situations. And I'm like, what if one of them does, like, get awesome in their career and I'm like do I like what happens yeah I can't think about it too hard because yeah I don't need to will anything into existence yeah. like that but and I'm I like it kind of goes back to the other friends you were talking about like have their lives changed since then that's yeah. different but absolutely absolutely like if right they, like we like and so- I hate it to be a thing of like oh I'm glad I learned a lesson like yeah. you also like harmed someone yeah in a like I mean, a really like, in a way you can't turn around to compare like the career of like robert downey jr yes like he was a disaster yes for a long time but righted himself and came back right but if you're just continuing that behavior right that's a whole different story it's a completely different story and i think that's why there's also like yeah. did did Robert Downey Jr. like sexually abuse or assault anyone along the way? I mean, I there's been no current don't reports know that I'm aware the details of. of this, but I'm like, not aware of it. Yeah, it's also like, was he harming? He was himself more self-destructive than he as was opposed destructive to, like, to anyone else, right? And we're but looking like, at... yeah, yeah, yuck! It's super convoluted, and I love having these discussions. Actually, yeah, I enjoy having these discussions and conversations to like gauge like how do other people think and feel because they're always gonna have something that I don't tying in the like stranger things thing um did you hear about one of the actors on the show um one of the kid actors found out that like his agent had been abusive or was tied to something (gasps) and was like severed all ties with that which kid Finn the cute little smiley one um with the fat face no Oh, he's so cute. He looks like my niece. They're all, like, wonderful. (laughs) I love all of them. This is, like, the main kid in the story. Oh, Will or whatever, or the other one? Not the one who got, like, abducted. Mike Wheeler. Yes. Yeah, that kid. Um, But Twitter was, like, a 14-year-old boy knows how to take care of this, and grown men are being, like, like, babies about it. Like, stop. Like, it's not hard to do the right thing. It just, yeah, it's not like, hard. Like, it's not hard. Well, it can be. However, it doesn't have to be. Right. If a four, Yes, exactly. If a 14-year-old can be like, nope. Yeah. We're done here. Yeah. Like, nope. We've set it up so that it's hard because things are, like, in favor of those in power. But it doesn't have to be like that. Mm-mm. Good for that kid. Yeah. I was proud of him. Um, like I know him personally. <laughs> yeah, I'm proud of him. Good job. Good job, Mike Wazowski. <laughs> he would say no. You know, if Sully was doing anything, Mike would be like, "Uh-uh, we're done here." <laughs> so help me, so help me. <laughs> That's my favorite part of that movie. What is what is that song? That thing about where, where it came from. from. So help me, so help me, so help me, and cut. <laughs> The best. Yeah, that's exactly that's what he would do. <laughs> Put that thing back where I came from. Oh, that's so good. Uh, speaking of musicals, I watched Thor Ragnarok today. Yeah. <laughs> Don't spoil it, but was it awesome? It was pretty. Uh, 
awesome. I saw, I screenshotted this because I thought you would appreciate it. <laughs> I'm so happy. There was an ad and, um, where's the picture? Here it is. Um, Jeff Goldblum gave it 10 out of 10 Goldblooms. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's exactly how we rate 10 out of 10 Goldblooms. That is exactly how that goes. <laughs> um, the plot was messy. It was just jumping around a lot. Yeah. I was I was bummed. I was pretty bummed out that it would. So the flow of the movie was a lot of. Here's what's happening with Thor. Here's what's happening with Kate Blanchett. Here's what's happening with Thor now. Back to Kate Blanchett. Oh, okay. And I didn't feel like there anything flowed well. It felt like a comic book. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why that is. Oh my god, I just realized why I didn't like that because I don't love reading comics because I'm like, quit jumping and just give me a story. Like, I just want a story, but it was like, and I was like, okay. So I didn't, I just don't love that because I didn't feel like there was like a good flow of things. And of course, space travel is always like, that yeah. took a couple seconds to get to a different yeah. universe, part Whatever. of the, part of the, and then I also, like, know too much about the actual stars and, like, how far away things are. Oh, yeah. Did that... you know that apparently what we see in the sky, we're actually seeing, like, all, like, we're seeing the past when we're looking at yes. the sky, that we're not actually... <laughs> There's a... Thing about like, that in Watchmen, actually. Yeah, get out. Which I know you're like, it's your favorite thing in the world. I hate Watchmen. No, there's a piece, there's like a really beautifully illustrated section where he talks about how all we see of stars is their old photographs. Mm-hmm. It's and true. Like they're compare, like talking about how he has like a picture of like his life before he became Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. And he's talking about how like he has these old photographs of memories, and the stars are the same thing. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's really sweet. Good job, guys. Yeah. I mean, that sounds well written. It's true, though, (laughs) outside of comic world. Yeah, you're not seeing. You're actually seeing however many. Yeah. It's the whole thing with it, like, if the sun were to stop, like, just to burn out, we wouldn't know for a certain amount of minutes because. Yeah, because it would take a long long time to get here. But, like, the stars are even further out. So I think I saw something. I don't remember. But, like, someone was saying that we some things we're actually seeing like a million years past and I'm like what and I'm like I don't know if that math works out in my brain quite right but okay but yeah. I was like what but whatever it is we're seeing like years seeing we can be seeing like years yeah. in the past because the light is taking so long to get to us right which we're is like old light essentially oh my god it's so cool yeah it's so cool you guys I love it uh, Speaking of stars, <laughs> you're never too old for space camp, Katie. No, you're never <laughs> too old for space camp. Oh, wait. Hold on. Can I say one more thing about Thor? It's sure. so funny. It's really, really funny. Jeff Bull Bull Boomed. I will recommend there's a video of Jeff Goldblum uh, like rating tattoos of his face on other people. Oh, saw a clip of that it was funny oh my gosh jeff goldblum i don't know how he's the coolest person have you seen like the photo shoot he did for whatever magazine he's insane he's actually not a same like what what he's just the hottest grandpa ever oh my gosh no it's really good like who can pull (laughs) a rainbow cat sweater him jeff and still be fantastic yeah no like the moment 
there's this whole oh there's this funny 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 moment where he's talking about um oh Jeff Goldblum's character the 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 it's not the master the grandmaster I was like the master is a movie about Scientology uh, <laughs> where he says he was like you know in in other worlds I'm over a million years old but here. And he's just quiet and like making this this face that only Jeff Goldblum could ever think to make. Yeah. And Thor and Loki are just looking at each other like, okay, like what do we what do we do? And the whole theater like lost it. Yeah. Like every time Jeff Goldblum was talking, like we were dying. I just want Link. One of the guys from um, uh, what we do in the shadows plays like an alien yeah it's like a rock character he's just this like sweet dude making out of rocks from new zealand and he's just like and he's like he's like yup i'm made out of rocks not really a threat to you unless you use a scissors is a pair of scissors that's a rock paper scissors joke for you there and he's just like the sweetest dude and he's just walking up to people like we're about to take that ship and take off want to come So I just really want like All right, new Doug. Just like he's so funny. Either a TV show or like I want them to have a podcast, something. But I just want like Jeff Goldblum and Stanley Tucci to just hang out together. Oh my god. Like I don't care. Like either in their grandmaster slash like uh The Hunger Games guy. The Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah. Or just their normal selves. Oh it doesn't matter. Wouldn't that be just like just to uh, let them talk to each other for like uh, an hour? We gotta find out on the internet if that's a thing. Like, I if just, they've ever been in the room together. I just want them to just, like, hang out and, like, talk about how they make cool pizza and whatever. And wear shirts. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wear button-downs. <laughs> Let's talk about pizza crust. It was, honestly, it was it was as if they put Jeff Goldblum in a room on a planet, put some blue makeup on him, and then maybe gave him, like... A, like a little bit of weed and we're like just go for it and we'll make up a plot <laughs> and it was really good uh, his character was wonderful there were a bunch they introduced a bun- bundles of new like side characters i will say i did something a little rude in the theater carl urban is in this movie okay carl urban is from lord of the rings everybody carl urban's from everything Shh. he's from lord of the rings so <laughs> okay also star trek he's uh uh scott scott no he's not scott no he's <sighs> he's bones. the doctor dr bones is that it yeah <laughs> he's dr bones in the new star treks and he's also amr in lord of the rings right that is how i know carl urban super excited whenever carl urban shows up yeah. he is a handsome Somehow he talented can, like, man be a million different characters he's so good it's amazing he's so good so we're sitting there, it's the end of the movie, and they're going through, like, the credits of, like, the, you know, the big named, yeah. the the billing list of characters, and then <laughs> there was a, uh, uh, one of the after scenes came on, <laughs> yeah. like, was coming up, and this woman in front of me had her phone screen up, and it was very bright. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, like, I'll dim mine real low if I'm checking, like, a text in the middle of a theater and, like, set yeah. it back down, but she had, like, full brightness on. And I looked down and she was Googling Carl Urban and I said, Carl Urban's from Lord of the Rings. You don't have to Google it. And she shut her phone down and I was like, I'm that rude person. Oh, no. So dear lady, she also at the end of it, like, stood up. She, like, looked back at me and then she stood up and then she stared at me for a few seconds and I was looking at the 
row of people with whom I was yeah. with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I didn't look at her at all until she left. And I was like, oh, I think she wanted to say something to me or get a good look at, like, who's the person who said that. So, dear woman... I'm only a little sorry. I'm really sorry that you had your phone on really, really bright. It was blinding and I could barely see the screen. It was so bright. It was so bright. So I'm sorry that I said something rude to you if it was rude. See, this is an apology. Do you see what I'm doing? I see. Do you see what I'm doing? I'm I'm actually really sorry. Like, that really sucked. That wasn't a nice thing to do. And you didn't deserve that. But you also deserved that. And uh, it was a mistake on my part. And also a mistake on your part. <laughs> and so here we are. Yes. Okay, we got okay, to get this movie. Okay, great. We've been talking for 40 minutes about not this movie. Good. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> please, please email us your thoughts about our conversation. I'm sure people are going to have a lot of thoughts about what I about what I have to say. Uh, great. So we watched a movie for your birthday. We did. Birthday movie time. <laughs> I like this is a different song every week. Birthday. Manatee when it's my bloop bloop. <laughs> bloop 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 you know like from like the river yeah. or like the 104.9 the fish yeah is it bloop bloop it's like that it was a throwback to gotcha. Christian Station <laughs> yeah it was a terrible throwback I'm sorry I'm done I assumed it was a manatee noise bloop bloop well manatees <laughs> actually sound like this <laughs> my throat hurts too okay <laughs> That's kind of what they sound like. Okay. Have you heard them? Yeah. Yeah, you were in the water with them. Yeah, but you were only in the water for a little bit. So I I couldn't so I didn't know if you like got in and heard them. Yeah. It was really cute. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So we watched a movie, actually. We did watch a movie that wasn't Thor. No, it was not. We watched Stranger Than Fiction. Stranger Than Fiction! I love this movie so much. You could say that louder because <laughs> I, I feel like nobody heard you. I don't think they did. And then you like just, pulled your face away I got from so the microphone. I'm excited. I got really high pitched, and I don't know why. I do love it though. So for Wesley's birthday, what month? <clears throat> for Wesley's birthday month, we're watching her favorite movies. Yes. Last week we watched Fight Club. Yeah. This week we watched Stranger Than Fiction. This movie is starring Will Ferrell, mm-hmm. Maggie Gyllenhaal, a million wonderful people, Emma Thompson, and Emma Thompson, Queen Latifah, Queen Latifah, Dustin Hoffman, Dustin Hoffman, post graduate program, <laughs> definitely post graduate. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen The Graduate? No, I have not. My cousin and I watched that a long time ago, just because we'd never seen it before. Yeah. We didn't know that Dustin Hoffman was like. The cutest yeah. ever. He was, and he had a nice butt. <laughs> that was our review of the movie. It was like this movie was really long. It took a long time to tell this story, but boy, <coughs> was he cute? <laughs> <laughs> was he cute? Yes. Good. <laughs> That's it. That's all okay. I have to say about Dustin Hoffman. Keep listing people. Um, Tony Hale. Tony Hale. I think that's everybody. That was the main cast of characters. Glad we got through that. Yeah. <laughs> Go buy a Star War. <laughs> He's in my awards, mother. From Army. <laughs> From Army. We're going to give you a big hand, son. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, he's barely in this movie, and he's still delightful. Oh, so great. This is the first time, one of the only times that I was like, Tony Hill's kind of attractive. Like, yeah. he just looked not like a total creep. Yeah. Like, normally you're like, this dude is the weirdest, like, fish of a human. What is he even doing? Like, he just looks like he's, like, the definition of, like, a shrimp. <laughs> and, like, and then this time I was just like, no, he seems like a like a solid, like, sweet dude. Yeah. Not This is creepy. probably, if I had to guess, that's this is probably the role most like him in real life. I would hope so. Yeah. I would really hope Because, so. like, when you hear him interviewed, he is, like, the nicest, most lovely human being. Just normal. Just, like, perf- like wonderful person. <laughs> yeah. My awards mother. <laughs> I also uh, can only think of him in the opening scene from The Heat, where Melissa oh, yeah. McCarthy is, like, she... <laughs> She meets up with him, like, in his yeah. car window and is like, what yeah. is wrong with you? What is wrong? And, like, is beating Tony oh Hale gosh. through a window. I forgot about that. Oh, man. It's good. It's good. It's so good. I can't repeat any of Melissa McCarthy's no. lines no, from that cannot. movie. I can't <laughs> because they're all too good for me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a good movie. Go oh. watch The Heat. Yeah. That's a fun one. So do you want me to recap the plot? Do you want to do it? I've been talking a lot. You go for it. I can do it. Yeah. I know so, you can. Basically, this movie, so you meet um, Harold Crick, who is Will Ferrell's character. Harold Crick. Who's kind of like just a boring guy who works at the IRS and has like literally the most beige life. Like his entire apartment is just shades of beige. beige. Like every, He's like the most generic, boring person. Fifty shades of beige. <laughs> basically. So... He's going about his life, and he starts hearing narration, and he starts hearing this woman's voice explaining what he's doing and what he's thinking, as he explains it, like, in great detail and with better vocabulary. Like <laughs> yeah. um, so he starts, like, just having these weird days because, this, like, he's hearing this voice that no one else can hear who's narrating his life. Mm-hmm. And um, Tony Hale is his friend at work. Um, Dave, and he kind of talks about it with Dave, and Dave, like, gives a heads up to, like, the, like, psychiatrist or HR person or whoever that I think it was, like, their boss or something. Yeah, he's, like, they need to have a convo. HR or something. Um. They need to have a convo. Yeah. Take a vacay. Yeah. That kind of guy. So, he starts to, like, he goes to, like, he goes to visit, like, a psychiatrist, because he's, like, I'm hearing these voices, I'm not schizophrenic like it's not a voice telling me to do things like it's telling me what I've already done like he's weirded out by it Mm -hmm. and he hears a phrase where he's convinced that this like that he's going to die in the future so he little did he know yeah so he goes to talk to um a literary professor Mm -hmm. at the college I think they're in Chicago I don't know what college it is but um so he is talking to this professor and the professor is saying like I can't help you like you're just a crazy person essentially like I don't know what to tell you sorry and he's like all I can remember is that he says and I wrote it down the sentence is little did he know that this simple seemingly innocuous act would lead to his imminent death <laughs> and at that point cuz like Will Ferrell's character is freaking out because the narrator says he's going to die and he tells this to the guy and the guy's like Little did he know, like, little did he know means 
that there is something you don't know. There is someone who knows more than you that's going on. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so they start trying to figure out who this voice is and trying to, like, narrow down, like, why, like, who the author is that he's hearing talking to him. Mm-hmm. So uh, Dustin Hoffman, who is the professor, keeps giving him advice, like, try to figure out if you're in a comedy or tragedy. Have you met someone who hates you recently? Like, try to, to like, in, so. Are you to, a golem? <laughs> yeah. Are, are you a. Um, I've just ruled out that you're not in any of these seven fairy tales. <laughs> you're not a golem. <laughs> yeah. So, um, basically, so we've talked about the comic you and the tragic, like, comedy and tragedy. Yes. Storylines before. So the comedy is you ends with like a song dance and a marriage and a co- a tragedy ends with like a huge pile of bodies and there's like death at the end. Yes. So he tells him to try and figure out what one he's in. He's like, well, in a comedy, usually there's a character introduced after the beginning that you hate who will eventually fall in love with. And so he's like, if you've got someone like that in your life, like try to make that happen because mm-hmm. then you'll be in a comedy. So while all this is happening. He's also, so he's an IRS agent. He's auditing a baker who has refused to pay some of her taxes because she doesn't like them being used for, like, military purposes. Mm -hmm. So he meets Maggie Gyllenhaal's character, who owns this bakery, who's making his life terrible, but who also, like, he is super in love with during the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Which is Anna Pascal is her name. Yeah. So, um... We'll skip through all the, like, romancy parts and get to, um, he, they eventually figure out who the author is. So while the storylines have been going on, we've also been seeing this writer, who's Emma Thompson, who's got writer's block because she can't, she's writing a book about Harold Crick called Death and Taxes mm-hmm. and can't figure out how to kill him. So she's working with her assistant, Queen Latifah, who is trying to help her get past her writer's block figure out how to kill him (laughs) and so she finally figures out exactly how to kill this character off and as she's typing the manuscript there's a scene where like she types like the phone rings and then like Mm -hmm. like harold is dialing the phone and it rings and her (laughs) office phone rings and so she ends up on the phone with harold crick freaking out because she thought he was fictional but he's a real person Mm-hmm. And he has finally found the author who is writing his life. And death. And death. So he confronts her and he's like, well, now that you know I'm real, you won't kill me, right? And she's like, I kind of... Already did. Uh, and so um, they convince her to let him read the manuscript and see what happens at the end of the book. So he takes it to Dustin Hoffman and is like, I can't read it. Like, I need you to read it first. She was, he's like, I may already be dead, just not typed. (laughs) Such a good line. I may Uh, already be dead. Just not typed. So Dustin Hoffman reads it, comes back to him and says, like, I'm sorry, like, you have to let her finish the book. It's a masterpiece, he says. "You're, You're asking me to, like, willingly face my death. He says, like, yes, like, in the grand scheme of things, this, like, If you have to die and everyone has to die, this is the most poetic death you could have. Mm. And he says something to the... How is it? Did I write that part down? Um, The hero dies, but the story lives on forever. That's the nature of all tragedies. Mm. That, like, your death will matter more if you do it like this. 
yeah. kind of concept. So Harold reads the book and then gives the manuscript back to the writer and says, it's wonderful. You have to finish it. Hmm. And is like ready to go through with whatever has to happen to him to make this like beautiful piece of art happen. Hmm. And then at the end, so what happens is like his character is supposed to step in front of a bus to save a little boy. And he does willingly and then doesn't die because the author like can't go through with it. She's like, I just, I couldn't do it. Like I had to change the ending. Yeah. And, um, she's back. So she ends up talking to Dustin Hoffman's character about, um, like letting him read the ending. And he's like, it's not like the other version was really wonderful. And this is okay. It's okay. And she talks about how, um, I love that part. Yeah. And she says, um, so she talks about how, like, it's one thing if someone doesn't know they're going to die and does an action and then dies, but it's different if the person, like, willingly makes that decision. Mm-hmm. And so she said, I watched this twice, so, yeah. like, I have no Yeah, <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> so she says, if a man dies willingly knowing he could stop it, isn't that the kind of man you want to keep alive? <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, yes, it is. the best person. Where normally when I watch a Will Ferrell movie, I'm like, I'm done. Can we kill off this character? Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And then this movie happened yeah. in the middle of his career, and I was like, yeah. Oh. So at the end, he doesn't die, spoiler alert, and then kind of, like, it becomes a comedy instead of a tragedy. But it was the best but, death ever, though. But, yeah, and to, like, to go with what you were saying, like, I keep trying to convince my family to watch this movie, and my mom and sister refuse because they don't like Will Ferrell movies. Yeah, I, and I'm I like, can't stand him. But it's not a Will I'm Ferrell like, movie. It's, it's an Emma Thompson movie. Yeah, I was like, actually, it's not. Like, it has nothing, like, you, like, any Will Ferrell movie you can think of, like, Step Brothers, Talladega Nights, any of those, like, that is not the Will Ferrell <clears throat> that is in this movie. No. It's like the people... Which is really funny to me that they won't watch it. Do they watch uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Probably not. Because the same, same kind of thing that happened with Jim Carrey where yeah. suddenly he started doing really moving roles. Yeah. And he was in, what, 23? That movie? That, like, crazy movie? I think so. Hannah gave it a thumbs up. Yeah. And, like, everyone was like, what is he doing yeah. with his career? And I'm like, expanding it. Yeah. Like, he's doing yeah. a good thing. And, like, I love it when, like, comedic actors take serious roles like this like mm-hmm. when Jim Carrey does those kind of things because it shows I prefer you... those over all of his comedies yeah. forever like yeah. I prefer them just, this is the one movie so that I much better I actively like love Will Ferrell in this performance yeah he's so great in this role uh-huh. like it's very like somehow Harold Crick is like the best person ever like he's just yeah. such a good person yeah, when he's talking to Maggie Gyllenhaal on the bus, and he's like... His apology? He's like, unfortunately, we don't get tested on tact or, yeah, like, social... Manners. Manners, and so I owe you an apology, and... Yeah. She's like, well, I guess I accept, but only because you stuttered. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, oh. He quickly calculated, like, <laughs> like the uh, likelihood of him making an ass out of himself versus, like, how long he would have to stay on the bus. He, like, and he was like, gotta up. get off the bus. <laughs> and it was like, yes, you do. <laughs> it's super, super true. Yeah. That's just how it goes, man. 
It was great. Yeah. I he was like lovely and I sincere. Love, yes, sincere. Is that something? I feel like I wrote that word a lot. But like um earnest was mm. the word that I wrote. Yeah. yeah. His character is just very like yeah, genuine and earnest and like structured. Yeah. Like, I love the scene where she forces him to eat cookies, and he just, like, experiences cookies for the first time. Mm. And it's just so nice. Yeah, it's the sweetest thing. And and that moment afterwards where he's like, you baked those cookies for me. Yeah. And I turned this into a whole thing. Yeah. And, like, I ruined it. Yeah. And he he just, like, makes another tragedy tally and is like, oh, my life is a tragedy. (laughs) He's like, this is going to sound like Darble to you. (laughs) But I think I'm in a tragedy and, like, yeah. walks out of the door. And I was like, no. He's a very good, at, like, sad guy. Yeah, without it being this, like, awful. Without it being mopey oh, somehow. No. Yeah. Where I feel like in every other movie I'm like, you mope one more time. Step Brothers is a great example of, like, I can't. I cannot. Everybody loves that movie. And I get it. Like, it's funny. But I'm just like, I can't watch grown men whine about yeah stuff yeah (laughs) all like for a whole movie like I can't do it I like want to throw things yeah and I don't care how funny people think it is I'm just like no this is the most obnoxious yeah thing to witness is just grown men like whining and doing nothing about (laughs) it and taking no responsibility for anything and like just living with their parents without any uh, and then somehow he comes up and he does this movie and you're like yeah Oh my gosh. I didn't know. I didn't know that he had this range in him. And I don't think anyone did until this moment. I have to. I'm really interested in who else auditioned for this role too. I don't know. I'm not sure. Because like I said before, this strikes me as a Jim Carrey kind of role. Yeah. But he already had done the Truman Show ahead of this. So like it was, there was a little too much similarity. Yeah. For those two, we even saw some scenes that we were like, "That camera shot is from the Truman Show." So much like the Truman Show. That is straight out of the Truman Show, y'all. That mirror shot is right out of there. Yeah, it's good. This movie is so lovely and wonderful. I'm trying to figure out how to explain to people how wonderful it is. Yeah, I don't know how. I just try to convince them to watch it because it's wonderful. I just just try to sit people down. It is. It's like lovely and lovely and lovely. And I I love the parallel worlds of where, because there's part of the time where you're not sure if he's actually just living in a book Mm -hmm. or if he's actually living in the real world. Yeah. Like you're not totally sure until you until they intersect with the phone call and then you're like oh shoot he's for real for real for real he's not mm-hmm. like fake real where yeah. it's like oh we're watching a movie about a guy in a book yeah like that would have been one kind of movie but this is like wait a second mm-hmm. <laughs> now they're like out in the real world and that's it brings a totally different um level of of awareness also of how decision making on one person's part influences someone else's world yeah. at the same time without you ever knowing it yeah there's so many wonderful things about this movie i'm sorry i'm yawning everybody i'm trying to be really quiet about it okay. but um 
it's so good the infographics that pop up throughout yes, the entirety of the movie. They're a lot. They're pretty heavier in the more in the early parts, mm-hmm. but I love them where it like you start seeing charts and stuff about like how many she brushes his teeth and mm-hmm. it probably is because like he stopped being that structured, so mm-hmm. you don't see them anymore. Nope. Yeah, they start to go away or in certain um, areas. Oh, I love when Dustin Hoffman is questioning him, like, uh, how many steps, how many stairs are there? He's like, well, I wasn't counting. And he's like, hmm. (laughs) And he's like, well, how many tiles are in the bathroom? Well, I wasn't counting those. And he's like, hmm. But he was counting, he was, like, noting, like, how full the soap Soap dispensers dispensers were and things like that. He began taking note of different things. things. Of, like, things that nor like if he was counting how many times he would brush his teeth in the beginning and how many steps it took to take to work and how many mm-hmm. blah 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 and he had everything down precisely he's likely someone who would have been counting steps and he would have been like yeah. aware he would have been aware of all of these things yeah. and yet like while he's once he realizes there's a narrator he starts taking count of different kinds of numbers mm-hmm. and like noticing different things and maybe beginning to let other things slide because he's like that isn't as vital as this information that someone is wants to kill me yeah. and <laughs> that, yeah. like there's some narrator in the sky that he's shouting at on the street yeah that was one of my favorite parts where he's just out in a crowd at the bus stop and he's like what <laughs> who's gonna die <laughs> Why me? How imminent? How imminent? <laughs> like, just like uh. screaming at the sky. But I can only imagine after hearing that for days on end, would you suddenly be like, just start yelling at it? Right. <laughs> be like, well, exactly. Yes, this is how it goes. Yeah. It's also interesting to me that while Emma isn't writing his character, he's can like be off making his own independent choices. That, like, while she's having her writer's block issues and, like, doing other things Mm -hmm. and, like, trying to figure out how to kill him, he's out figuring out how to live and he can, like, make other choices and stuff. Because – and the way that we know this is she says, well, how did you find me? And he is like, we audited you, like, ten years ago. Yeah. And so I found your info on file. Yeah. But she didn't write that. (laughs) Right. That's where it gets a little, like – When you're like, whoa. Where it's like he actually can make his own independent thoughts. But he hadn't before. Yeah. Like, he hadn't left his routine, Mm -hmm. which is where she found him, I guess, was in the routine. Which is really, it, the whole thing is really fascinating. And yeah. it brings up all of that, like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> a predestination. Yeah, there's a whole lot of, like, you could go, like, real deep. Real meta. Parallels if you really wanted to. Super, super. You don't have to do that. Because... This movie is actually about Jesus. <laughs> in that, well, there's a sacrifice at the end, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's very much, like, an author predetermining your life and are you willing to let the author write your life depend like yeah. whether or not you know the ending yeah well because if she hadn't he would still be taking the same steps to work every day and mm-hmm. he'd still be tying his tie the same way he'd still be wearing ties he would still be brushing yeah. counting how many times he brushes his teeth and going to bed at eleven thirteen at night <clears throat> like mm-hmm. if she hadn't taken on his character and began to write him a new life would he have ever stepped out of that box and that routine that he'd like built for himself yeah which is 
such a cool idea (laughs) that I'm like, someone could start writing my life. I guess that'd be fine. One of my favorite whole moments, the whole whole things in this movie is when Dustin Hoffman is like, don't do anything tomorrow. (laughs) He's like, we need to find out if the plot is like external externally driven or if it's right. character driven so don't do anything we'll see if the plot finds you yeah so he's sitting at home doing nothing and watching the nature channel and not picking up the phone <laughs> and he's just sitting on the couch he's peeing in a cup like he's peeing in a container so that he doesn't leave and he doesn't go do he literally anything does he just sits on the couch he doesn't change the channel like he just hangs out until this big like demolition claw <laughs> takes a bite out of his apartment <laughs> Because they are tearing down the wrong building. Oops. And this whole thing. And he goes back to tell Dustin Hoffman, like, well, this is what happened. And Dustin's like, what did he he says? um, Something is carried. When you, when, like, the tax person comes on the day, like, when the insurance person shows up on the day your insurance expires. Right. Like, that's coincidence. Yeah. When the emperor sends you a letter and invites you to visit him, that's plot. When a wrecking ball attacks your apartment, that's something else that's entirely. something else entirely. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, okay. So he's like, you have, and he says, you have no control over your destiny. <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, he's like uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> you have no control over your destiny. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, those lines are so good together. Just like, uh-huh. That is very clear. pancakes is a great thing, too. Oh, yeah, talk about that. Um. He tells him, like, he shows up with his suitcases at Dustin Hoffman's office, and it's just like, what am I supposed to do? Like, what do I do next? And he's like, (laughs) just go live your life. And he's like, this isn't, like, a game. Like, I'm not, like, this isn't just literary theory. Like, this is my life. Like, like, the narrator could kill me at any time. He's like, yeah. He's like, you could, I forget exactly what he says, but he's like, you could... Oh, shoot. You die flipping pancakes no, or something? No, it was like, you could live your life, like, within boundaries, basically, <clears throat> and be fine, or you could, like, go and enjoy a stack of pancakes and just not think about it. <laughs> and he's like, but that's, that's, like, why would I, if I had the choice between life or pancakes, like, why would I choose, like, who would choose pancakes? <laughs> Like, and he's like, well, that depends on the quality of the life and the quality, quality of, of the, the pancakes. pancakes. Yep. And he's like, just go enjoy your life and just, <laughs> just see what happens. That's like, such a good way to put that. Yeah. Like, that depends like, on the quality of the life. And he's like, yeah, I do. And he goes off. And that's the moment that he goes, like, that very mm-hmm. next scene is when he shows up at the bakery. With the flowers. Oh! Which is the cutest thing ever. Isn't it cute, Hannah? Thumbs up. Hannah gives it a thumbs up. Uh, So She shows up with, like, brown packages, and she's like, what are you doing? Like, you're such a weirdo. (laughs) She's like, what is, what what do you have? Oh, she was being facetious. And she was like, no, I'll pay for them. I'll pay for them. What are they? And he's like, I brought brought you flowers. flowers. And it's just little brown packages of flour. She's like. (laughs) Oh, because she's a baker. I know. It's flowers. That's the cutest thing. And it's like, this is the best pun ever. It's so I brought great. you flowers. And I'm like, oh my God. Wesley, 
when you get married, can you just carry flowers <laughs> down the aisle <laughs> just for me? I mean, it's a pun and it's adorable. That sounds It's pretty great. cute. It's all kinds of cute. <laughs> flowers. Oh, my God. That could be the favors you give away to people. We'll sex people flowers. flowers. We'll sex like, of flowers. What kind of crazy wedding is it? Like, it's flowers. <laughs> Why are you giving us weird white soap? I mean, you, well, you're really, you could just give, the, okay, so wedding ideas, everybody. <laughs> this is the wedding corner. This is the Hitchin Post, part of the podcast. <laughs> no, but if you give everybody, like, um, all the dry ingredients for cookies. Yeah. Just be like, here, have some flowers or whatever you want. To, I don't know. It's cute. That'd be really cute to give everybody the dry ingredients for your favorite cookies. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Did you see that volume spike? <laughs> Dang it. Aww. Every time I talk, the volume spikes. And when you talk, it's just like a cute little flat line. <laughs> You're so even, like evenly toned. And I'm like, oh, uh, that's what it sounds like to be me. Uh, so there was a question that I wrote down when I was taking notes watching this. Okay, great. Ask away. If you could have anyone narrate your life, who would it be? Oh, no. I have thought about this. Yeah. And I never remember my answer. <laughs> I've thought about so many things, but I don't write down what my answer would be. I mean... Emma Thompson wouldn't be a bad one. She'd be pretty I'd be pretty delighted if she was narrating my life. I have imagined Kate Blanchett narrating my life. Yeah. She also narrated Lord of the Rings. So there's that. Like, there's that for me in it. Um, I think it would definitely be a woman. Yeah. (laughs) Narrating my life. Uh, And I think she would be British. So maybe, like, Kate Winslet could be an interesting... She'd narrator for me it could also be um i mean I, I wouldn't be mad if jim carrey narrated my life he might make things sound a little bit darker i feel like <laughs> i need to paint you, um amy schumer could be an interesting narrator uh, for you <laughs> <laughs> amy schumer I can see that being like the voice in your head. Uh, I can yeah. super duper see Kate McKinnon narrating my life. Also, yeah, uh, that is someone that I I would have a hard Basically, time saying no any to. Lady Ghostbuster. I would. You know what? If the <laughs> cast of Ghostbusters wanted to get together and Including like narrate my life, Chris Hemsworth. Chris <laughs> in that movie. God. I have to tell you, though, the whole time I was watching Thor, I was like, I kind of wish I was watching Kevin from Ghostbusters. Because <laughs> like, oh, he's so doofus in that movie, and I love it. Matt Damon makes a rando cameo in Thor, by the way. <laughs> Look for him. Also, there's someone who isn't Thor who's playing Thor in this movie, and it's the third Hemsworth brother. Nice. And I was like, hey, it's that other Hemsworth from that Australian soap opera nobody in America knows about. Yeah! Yeah, they both made it into this movie. Oh that was a moment when the whole audience was like, wait, what? What's Matt Damon doing here? Oh, he winks. It's great. Uh. We were like, okay. And like, there's no mention of it. He's just sort of like in a scene and then he's gone forever. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh. Okay. Um, who would you have narrate your life? I... You ask this question like I you know. have an answer. But like, I was like, I don't know. Emma Thompson, I love her. She's solid. Like, She's super she would solid. Be pretty great. I don't know who else would be. 
who I'd want to narrate my life. Who do you think should narrate my life? <laughs> Not yawning. Who should narrate Wesley's life? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I think I might make a fun narrator. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is someone that I thought of and I cannot place. Oh no. I, I like I can't place it at all. Actually, I feel like the boys from Flight of the Concords would be like oh, men yeah. would be a men. <laughs> That I would allow to narrate, like, anyone's life True. at all. Like, if just those, yeah. if just, like, Brett and Jermaine were, like, narrating anyone's life, I'd be like, yeah. I'm going to watch, I'm going to pay attention to this. That would be, <laughs> that would be a good one. That'd be an excellent narration. Um, There's got to be, I mean, Emma Thompson is so spot on for you that right, it's a little like, upsetting. I know. I was like, she's the obvious choice because of this movie. But I love her in, like, everything she's in, so. Yeah. Uh, who narrates a lot? I know, like, Morgan Freeman narrates all the time. Mm-hmm. He's, like, the one person that everybody wants to narrate everything forever. Yeah, I don't think I'd want him to narrate my life. No, I don't think I'd want it either. I'm just like, nah, I'm good, Morgan. We're good here. Yeah. That'd be kind of cute. Mm, that could be cute. Yeah. That could be super cute. I could see that happening. <laughs> well, then I want uh, Max Greenfield to narrate my life. Okay. <laughs> if you get Sorry Nation now, then I need Max Greenfield uh, running around like, no. We can't wear culottes in the winter, Katie. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Max. I'm sorry. Why are you Schmidt all the time? Uh, did I ever tell you about this one movie I saw with Max Greenfield and Sally Fields? No. Oh my gosh. I cannot remember what it was called. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. It was really, really good. It's called Hello, My Name is Doris. Oh. Yes. So I've it's heard this, of this movie. Oh my gosh. It's super adorable. And um, this just shows you how adorable it is. Like, oh my goodness. So she Sally. Awesome. I know. So Sally Fields is this like super quiet, eccentric. Uh, older woman who gets a job who like is working in an office of like you know young people yeah Max Greenfield shows up and he's like you know a new guy in the office and he's like new and handsome and stuff and she is like super 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 has a crush on him yeah and uh like I think she has like her daughter or her niece or granddaughter or something like help her stalk him on Facebook (laughs) To figure out what he likes. So she starts listening to music that he likes and, like, being in, like, the break room when he's in the break room. And it's super cute. So she ends up, um, uh, they end up going to, like, a concert together. And then I think it's a Bleachers concert with... And, and, like, that's actually how I found out that I was, like, oh, I knew, I knew that Jack Antonoff was from Fun and that he was dating Lena Dunham and I've been watching him for a long time. Yeah. But and I knew that he was making music, but it didn't I never sat down to listen to his music until I'd watched this movie. Oh, interesting. So I was suddenly like, boy, this music in this movie is really good and it's just like bleachers yeah, I mean, music. Bleachers for a long time. Bleachers a, long time, but like, a few years. Yeah. So, like and it's like 2015, 2014 is when yeah. like first album came out. So <laughs> So, like, most of the movie is, like, Bleachers is the soundtrack or something, or just Jack Antonoff making music. 
and that's how I found out about them. But it's this really adorable movie where they become friends and she's like trying to get him to fall in love with her, but she's also like 30, 40 years older than yeah. him. And it's like like the cutest and saddest and like the saddest movie and it ends really really perfectly i'll show it to you afterwards it's really good i think about it sometimes like this like this movie i still put it on the yes oh my gosh so don't show me okay i still think about it like the ending Uh, to this movie i'm sometimes like (gasps) like i was i was freaking out watching this movie oh the ending's so good (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, it's excellent and wonderful. And I love Max Greenfield and I just want to um, hold him. <laughs> Max Greenfield is like low key Channing Tatum for reals in my life, though. I just. Uh... <laughs> I feel things about him uh... for his face and his voice and stuff. Anyways, so yeah, uh, I revealed a lot in this podcast. So. This movie's awesome. I'm so glad that you love this movie. I, I don't meet a lot of other people who like get this movie or went to see so it or much. love it. I saw it in college. Um, they actually Me too. We um there was there like a movie club or something on campus? Some of um, Probably. Some like really cool people that I was like from the art department ran and they showed this movie one night and like I went to movie night and I was like, I love <gasps> this so much. You're like, this, this is the so best good. movie. But I remember, like, talking about it in classes because we would, we had this conversation in, like, my aesthetics class about, like, when art starts doing its own thing. So, you know how authors talk about, like, I didn't want to kill this character, but, like, it had to happen or, like, Mm -hmm. the character made me do this Mm -hmm. or, like, the, like, I didn't want to make this art, but, like, this is the art that wanted to be made. Yeah. Like, that kind of concept. Yeah. And we were trying to talk about that in class, in one of my art classes. And I was like, somebody was not getting it. And I was like, did you see Stranger Than Fiction? Like, <laughs> it's kind of like how, like, Harold Crick can determine how the book goes. Yeah. Like, the the art sometimes drives. Mm-hmm. The character drives the yeah. plot sometimes. Yeah. Like, the yeah. idea, like, you aren't always in control of the story. Sometimes the story takes control of itself. I've written stories like that once upon a time a few my brother and a few of our friends we were attempting to like co-write some sort of like book together Mm -hmm. and it was really fun like while we were writing it we had a great time and we had all these characters living in this world and each of us had um we're writing like a different character Mm -hmm. and so um we would basically like sit down and write and be like we know that we knew that like one or two plot points ahead, like yeah. they would have to, someone would have to intersect at this or this would happen. Right. And so we would all write our own characters living in this world and like have them, mm-hmm. you know, plop in and out. And it was really fun because I didn't really know where anything was going. Mm-hmm. I just knew, like I allowed the character like, okay, I made up all these things about it and they have all this background information mm-hmm. that I know about them, exactly. what do they do? What yeah. decisions does that person make? And I yeah. literally just, like, let the character run yeah. as I wrote, like, a chapter or two and was yeah. like, I have no idea where it's going. Like, yeah. I have no clue where we're heading with yeah. it. So I totally understand that concept of sometimes a character just comes alive enough that yeah. the character's sort of making just, choices independently and you are yeah. find yourself just writing it out. And you're yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah. How that happened, but I wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. sometimes you're like, I need 
like sometimes you're like, I know exactly where we need to go with it. And then you got to make up all the steps to mm-hmm. get there. Like, and so it's very plot driven. Yeah. I love that. I love it. I love that they, I think that they made it make sense to people in a way that has never made sense when I attempted to explain it where I'm like, I don't know how I wrote this. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I just write yeah, and then it happens and that's it. Yeah. Like that was like, the end of it. Have you ever watched Elizabeth Gilbert's TED talk on creativity? Mm, maybe. It's really, really good, but she talks about how, um, the muse and how kind of, creativity is something that like sometimes you need to grab onto and just let it flow through you as opposed to forcing it to happen yeah and she talks about how like sometimes like you're kind of like the the creator is sometimes just the catalyst for the story that needs to be told yeah and I just love that concept of like sometimes Mm -hmm. art is bigger than like the person making it yes Absolutely. And it was bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's, like, the perfect way to put this because it was much bigger than Emma Thompson's character. Yeah. Because it's like what he said where he says, like, the story lives on forever even if the hero dies. Yeah. Like. Yeah. She she thought she was just writing a book and having writer's block and she was like, I need to kill off this character. Yeah. How do I do it? And then she realized, like, oh. Yeah. I could actually, like, I'm. I'm killing a person and changing the entire course of yeah. everything here if I actually go through with this or I could write it differently. Yeah. And she did. God, but that really is the perfect death though. That's like also the most upsetting thing because when you find out how he was going to die, you're like, yeah, yeah. that's really good. Part of me is like, yeah, because it, yeah, it was perfect. It's so perfect. Because like, like, yeah. It's perfect. It's perfect. I feel like Emma Thompson is the perfect like writer in this movie too. Yes, like a little she's frantic, so perfectly like annoying and like, but also brilliant mm-hmm. at the same time. And I feel like if Karen, <laughs> I feel what like, what are we doing? Imagining car wrecks. <laughs> like I just yep. feel like if Karen Eiffel were a real person, I would love her books. Yes, I would you read know? her books. Yeah. Like maybe she's actually just like John Green. But he kills people. Yeah, but not well, the same. Um, <laughs> no, no, not at all. Have you ever heard of the book Stoner? Yes, but I don't know anything about so it. So I hadn't heard about it until both of the book podcasts that I listened to. Um, and it's like, I forget who wrote it, but it's not a super well-known book. Mm-hmm. It's like taught a lot in school or anything like that. It's just the story of like a man in his life and how he like falls in love and gets married and has a job and has a child and goes on like has all these things and like eventually dies but it's like the most beautiful story of just like life Mm. but it's beautifully tragic in that same sense yeah it's sad but it's like just lovely and I feel Mm. like that would be the same kind of book that like death and taxes is yes like it would just be lovely and sad I like lovely and sad books yeah I like sad books. That's good. <laughs> I like this movie a lot. How many Channing Tatums do you give it? <sighs> this is another hard one. Ten out of ten gold blooms. Ten out of ten gold, yes. Ten out of ten gold blooms. <laughs> uh, I give it extra Will Ferrells because he's so good in this movie. 
bonus Will Ferrell. I'm going to give it eight graduates. Cool. Eight <laughs> the graduates. Uh, <laughs> it gets Justin. an A plus for, like, for casting. So I do. I give this movie, like, a solid, like, nine. Yeah. Like, nine whatevers. Nine, nine Tatums, nine yeah. Channings. It's good. It's solid. Yeah, the music is good. Like yeah, this like the way they film scenes is lovely. Like mm-hmm. like none of the characters feel flat. Like it's no, just good. One of my favorite things that they do is um, they were they have like a like an extra long bus driving in the city mm-hmm. that's connected by that accordion wall. Yeah, and so while Will Ferrell and Maggie Gyllenhaal are talking to each other like the bus is kind of yeah. like moving and they're like awkwardly like, getting closer and farther apart yeah it's like it oh I was like this yeah is so good to watch is they're like relationally getting a little closer further apart and like getting to know yeah. each other but not getting too close that like the bus is moving them mm-hmm. in that way and I was like this is so good yeah, it's just- <laughs> and perfect and just like weird yeah, and, and you're kind of like, like the, the sets, like the three, like the apartments we see. Yes, the people fit them so well. I know. Like his bland apartment, her quirky apartment, um, Tony Hale's like weird space pod apartment. Yeah, um, it's never too late for space camp. Space camp. Like um, Karen Eiffel's really sparse and kind of cold apartment. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then Dustin Hoffman's office where it's just like crammed full of books and yeah. papers and left behind <laughs> rewarmed coffee and like all this stuff. It's just good. It I was like, man, all, it suits them all so well. They made every character's space really feel like that character's space mm-hmm. um, and really showed you like what kind of world they live in. I'm really interested in how Harold and Anna are going to like decorate a place together. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he's, I feel like he's as orderly as he is. He's actually going to just like love being in like this weird, like grandma cozy chic, yeah. like cozy. It's so cute though, that like he's always at, did you notice that, that he's always at her place? Well, because his place had a hole in it. Oh yeah. And he was staying with Dave. Shh, don't, don't talk about it. <laughs> don't talk about it. But I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I forgot about that. I was like, yeah. oh, but he's always, like, at her space because it's more inviting. Yeah, and, like, is. he's comfortable there. Yeah. Like, he's found a space where he can be comfortable instead of just um, complacent. Yeah. He's good. He's real good. Um, Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Anything else? I forgot how to wrap up the podcast. I don't remember how to close this. Is Did we talk about anything else after we rate it? I think it? we're good. And now we just talk about... All our links and stuff. Okay, everybody. All right. If you found any of this remotely tantalizing, uh, check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Not Facebook. Sorry. Nope. Not Facebook. (laughs) That's your other podcast, Gabby. Face Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Book Facebook. Uh, You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Viewing Party Pod. Check out our website specifically for links, show notes, pictures of cats, funny descriptions of the episodes. And you can, and all the places where you can listen to it. That website is viewingpartypod.com. If you have anything you want to tell us, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can let us know via email at viewingpartypod at gmail.com. Yeah. We should probably check that. We should probably check that website. (laughs) 
Sorry, guys. <laughs> Just tweet us. It's easier. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, tweet us. Viewing Party Pod. Um, if you want to hear more and very different uh, from me, uh, check out my other podcast, Columbus Cares, uh, with Kate with Travis Kendall and Katie Thomas. We interview nonprofit organizers in Columbus and figure out. Uh, why they care and why we care and how people go from a passion to a full-on project with support Um, and talk about how we can be, you know, how we can support people in our community and like the big things that they're up to. Um, That's a really exciting podcast to listen to. Yeah. Um, Travis Kendall also has other podcasts. You can find him on the internet as well. He's a wonderful human being. The, uh, yeah, it's super exciting. Yeah. Uh, if you uh, are a podcaster or you know someone who does podcast, let them know that the Columbus Podcast Festival is, in fact, coming back for its second year. It's going to be Mother's Day weekend here in Columbus, and submissions are opening up November 15th. Yay. We just figured that out yesterday. All that is going to be posted on the Facebook. You can also go to columbuspodcastfestival.com um, on the 15th. There's going to be a page on the website where you can put in your submissions to be in this year's festival. Cool. We are super duper stoked. I'm hitting my face. I'm so excited yeah. about it. Um, yeah. So all you podcasters, go submit. Um and it's going to be a uh, hooting and hollering good time. We're looking at getting some pretty big acts in this nice. year. Last year we had Sawbones come in. So I feel like it can only go up from here. I mean, after you get the McElroys in town. I mean, they're like podcast royalty, so. You're only going up from yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way to go down from here. So we'll share links to submission pages and all that. Yeah. Our, yes. Our sites. Once this podcast airs. It'll be on a Monday, and submissions are opening that Wednesday. Yeah. On the 15th, go submit your pods, your hot, tasty pods. Yeah. Super excited about it. Um, those are my big things. Do you have anything to announce? Anything fun going on? Nope, just my birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, Wesley. Yay. Awesome. Uh, join us next time when we watch something else to talk about something different. Yeah, because next week we're back in the Tatumverse. Back in the Tatum. Wait, what are we watching? I forget. Okay, it'll be a change later. Back in the Titan verse. Until then, this has been Viewing Party. We got the ending in unison. Yay, high five. We did that in unison. We're good. We'll leave in unison. Good night in unison.